ring the bell, man in black? This is Movie Fighters, the show where Chris Sims and I, Matt Wilson, we watch movies and we beat them up. It's February, the month of love, the month of Valentine's Day. And you might think, Chris and Matt, that would be the time to watch some kind of cheesy romantic comedy. But we chose a different path. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting, Matt. <laughs> I forgot that you you start this show. Yep. Because I was gonna start it. And I was gonna say I, I was I was ready to say with me as always is my former friend Matt Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> you knew this was inevitable. You knew that this was going to happen. This there was no avoiding this. We've watched virtually every one of these types of movies, either when we would write this stuff up at Comics Alliance or as part of Movie Fighters. And it's a movie starring a pro wrestler. There, We were never going to get around watching this movie. It's true. It's like... We, I, we, we fought it. We fought it. But then I thought of the perfect tie-in to February. Because what is Black Adam? Then one man's love letter to himself... It really is, man. <laughs> like, has anyone gone around the heel and face, like, alignment chart more resolutely than DTRJ? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes, that's him. Yeah. Here's Here's what's baffling to me, and... It is something we've talked about, not on air, I think, on much of our content. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson wasn't just a pro wrestler. He wasn't just one of the most popular and accomplished pro wrestlers of his time. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is from a wrestling legacy. He is a third-generation wrestler. The, the first one, in fact. The first third-generation wrestler. His grandfather was a wrestler. His dad was a wrestler. He's a wrestler. All of his cousins are wrestlers. Well, not all, but a lot of them, right? Yeah. I mean, like, he, he comes from a, a large and extended wrestling family. And what is if not the number one rule of being a professional wrestler, certainly something at the top of the the list of things that you do when you are a professional wrestler. When it's time to do the job, when it's time to take the L, you do it gladly. It's the job. That's why they call it that. You do the job. But when Black Adam... The movie we are watching on the show this month, which we have both already watched, by the way. We watched it separately because it's over two hours long, and we didn't want to put more strain on our relationship by watching it together. I can only imagine. 
I can only imagine watching this with you and how I, I like just I getting more and more furious. Yeah. It would have been I think it would have been a fun experience, but it probably would have been fine. I enjoy your company, Matt, and we're very good friends. That's right. But we, it was just easier to watch this movie separately because of time constraints. But after Black Adam, so we've seen the movie, but I knew all about the sort of real life fallout from Black Adam before I ever saw the movie. And this is a movie where Dwayne Johnson, and I want to phrase this very carefully because I don't want to get in any trouble with DTRJ. But it has been widely reported that Dwayne The Rock Johnson provided Warner Brothers Discovery with, at best, misleading financial reports (laughs) on the performance of Black Adam to make it seem like a hit. Just take your L, man. It's, well, I mean, like, here's the thing. That's a part of it that I can I can understand. Because this, he was cast as Black Adam 15 years ago. Yes, in 2007. He's been coming for so long. Well, I believe when he was originally cast as Black Adam in 2007, it was not intended for him to star in a Black Adam movie. The intent, I'm sure, was I'm sure it was for him to be Black Adam, most likely in a Shazam movie. Yeah, because because where else would he be? Because you wouldn't do a movie that was just about Black Adam. It would be bad. It would be a bad idea. Yeah, when Dwayne the Rock Johnson was cast as Black Adam, his most recent credit. I think was Gridiron Gang. That's how much career he's had since being cast as Black Adam. And and he's gone from being kind of like number two, number three on the call sheet. He was the second credited actor in Doom in 2005, right? Along, I think he was... Was he... Build under the boss dog Carl Urban? He was, yeah. Okay. But he's gone from being that to being always number one on the call sheet every time. And also, reportedly, speaking of not doing the job, having it in his movie contracts that he cannot lose a fight. Which is wild. Buck fucking wild. That can't be true. Well, it can't be. He sort of kind of loses a fight in Black Adam, but not really. He is briefly injured and then shakes it off. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, Matt, I'm going to be honest with you. Hit me. I don't know what the fuck happened in this movie. Well, we'll, we'll try to figure it out together. We'll try to figure it out together. What, what is extra wild about the whole getting cast as Black Adam 15 years ago thing? is in during that 15 years, he became one of the biggest stars in the world and also seemed to develop a hatred of the character Shazam. So he wouldn't appear in the Shazam movie. But then he's in this movie where they say the word Shazam constantly. 
well, maybe he only thinks of him as Captain Marvel. Like I do. Perhaps. The wizard I is just him. Here's the thing. DTRJ's natural charisma and, like, the things that we know he's good at from years, from years, Matt, 26 years of being aware of this human being. Mm-hmm. He would have been a really good Captain Marvel. A really good Shazam. But he would have had to act like a goofball. And the 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 DTRJ that we have now does not like won't do like won't do it. What's your favorite moment? Of of the Rock's entire career, Matt, the, the Rock or Dwayne Johnson, wrestling or movies, yeah, anything. I, it's not going to be from the movies because I don't think the Rock has ever actually been in a good movie. I mean, Fast Five, like Furious Seven, Fast Five is good. Fast Five is the best movie he has been in, probably so. Like everything after Fast Five is like those movies are good, but like it's. It's diminishing returns after Fast Five, if we're being honest. It's that's the best movie he's in by a long shot. Moana is pretty good. That's true, actually. Okay, Moana is really good. He and he is good in that, and he does kind of play it like like Maui's a little bit goofy yeah. in that as well. Just so, I think just by virtue of the fact that it's a voice role, he he manages to make that work. But he is in live action movies. With the exception of maybe like the uh, Jumanji movies that he's in, where I think he plays it a little sillier, he's just the Rock in every movie, man. Yeah, but but what is your what is your favorite The Rock moment? I mean, I think it is. Now, this is a in hindsight, this is cursed in a lot of ways, but I do think it is the best in ring moment The Rock ever had. It's when he has that WrestleMania match with Hollywood Hogan and the crowd reacts the opposite of how each one of them expects. They're booing The Rock and they're cheering Hogan. So they switch mid-match. They switch alliances mid-match. And that is a working-on-the-fly decision that most pro wrestlers working in WWE would not have the agency to make. But them being them, as huge of a stars as they are, they were able to pull that off and do it, and it really worked in that match. So it's probably that, even though, as I said, cursed for other reasons. How about you? Remember, th- this is early on. Okay, but the the feud with Steve Austin, the first one, yeah, over the Intercontinental Title, which is when, if you want to know what made like like what made Dwayne Johnson the Rock, it is the like it is that feud. Like he was already using the name and everything, like the character existed. But like, if you want to know what leveled him up and and brought him to the dance, uh, it is that. Now, is this the feud where Steve Austin throws the Intercontinental Championship into the river? Correct. Okay, yeah. There's a, there's a bit in that 
where Steve Austin says, and I'm, you'll know you'll know what it is as soon as I say it, Matt. He says that one day he's gonna page the Rock <laughs> on his pager, and it's gonna say three sixteen, and then he's gonna get his ass kicked. And he says this: the Rock's in the ring. Austin's on the on the big TV, the Titantron backstage. And then he says, but now, you know, now that I know all this technology, because he's been messing with the show in the in the truck. And he goes, now that I know all this technology, you just got to ask yourself one question. Is it live or is it Memorex? And then The Rock gets a page, pulls out his pager and looks at it. And again, this isn't a professional wrestling ring in an arena full of people. That dude sells it to the back row that he has just seen 316 on the pager. It is a bit that should not work for so many reasons, but it does. Yeah. I think what The Rock has lost sight of over the course of his movie career, and really over the course of his wrestling career as it progressed, he became so enamored with the character of The Rock being a cool guy who doesn't lose and... You can't say anything to hurt him, and he's got all the best lines, and he's the biggest and strongest guy, is that at his best, The Rock was selling. Yeah. The way he would sell a stunner, because were his best things in the ring moves? Absolutely not. That dude that did the worst sharpshooter in the history of sharpshooters. Yeah. But he could sell great. And I, he's lost sight of it. This this is the rock that came back for once. Not This is the rock that came back for twice in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who d- destroyed his entire insides for that one match. Yeah. The, this is the rock who, like, wouldn't even... Like, wouldn't even play along with the feud. And was just like, it's all about me and John yeah. and the fans. And it's like, I don't know, man. Well, if there's any doubt in anyone's mind, because we're talking about The Rock a lot here, there's any doubt in anyone's mind that Black Adam is anything but The Rock movie. Yes, there are other actors in the movie, and we'll get to them when we talk about the movie. Some of them I like a lot. I'd be happy to see them in a different movie. But all of the producers on this movie are Dwayne Johnson's producing partners. Danny Garcia, Bo Flynn. These are people he produces movies with all the time. The director is the guy who directed him in the Jungle Cruise movie. Oh, the movie that had um, that had the uh, eighth first gay character. Correct. Prior to that, he he directed a lot of like horror movies that are all right, like Orphan and House of Wax. But. His most recent credit before Black Adam was Jungle Cruise 2021. This is the movie that Dwayne Johnson thought would propel him to be 
the driving force behind DC entertainment. He thought the entire DC universe was going to be going toward a fight between him and Superman. Yeah, like he thought that the um I don't know how to put it, like like he thought that the like the hierarchy of power was about to change. <laughs> in the DC universe. Okay, for the, for my job, I have to watch these clips, these like promo clips for these movies all the time. And there was a bit in the DC fandom promotional bit for this movie. Chris, do you know all the all that he said that like led up to the hierarchy of power is about to change? No, I don't. All right. So in the DC fandom clip, Rock is or Dwayne is like talking to the screen. He's talking to the audience of DC fandom. He's talking about how great Black Adam's going to be. We worked on the script for months. I got personally involved. This is like no movie's ever been more important to me than Black Adam. I've been this character for 15 years, and I can't wait to finally step into his shoes on screen. So here's what I need you to do, fans. I need you to tell them all that I have a message. I need you to tell Superman, Batman, Aquaman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Cyborg. You tell all of them that the hierarchy of power is about to change in the DC Universe. That's a guy who's Worked himself into a shoot, my man. Yeah, dude. Or or is he just trying to hype up the character? Because I mean, he's doing that too. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't blame him for for like thinking that this is going to be a big deal. That Black Adam is going to be a big deal. Because, but somebody should have told him. (laughs) Yeah, but they don't know, Matt. They don't know. Because it's all Jeff John's stuff, and they, they, buddy, how many times have I said that every problem I have with Detective Comics Comics, a company that I generally do like, and whose products mean a lot to me, how many times have I said that everything that I don't like about them can be linked back to the fact that they think Black Adam is cooler than Shazam? I mean, you're right, and it is also wild that 15 years after Iron Man, Iron Man still has all these people totally fucked up. (laughs) Because nobody expected Iron Man to be the big hit that it was, right? Iron Man is a second-string Marvel character. He's one of the properties they could make a movie of because he wasn't licensed out to some other movie studio. They make Iron Man, and it's a huge hit. And now they're all thinking, well, now any character can be huge. Yeah, but but like, here's the problem. Here's the problem with comparing this movie to Iron Man, Matt. And I think maybe once once I say this, we're kind of getting into it already. Uh But like, everybody, the Dark Universe, the the detective comics universe they all want an avengers but nobody wants to put in the work 
which is wild to me. Because they did a movie about Iron Man that just had Iron Man in it. Yeah. Not even... They didn't do a movie about Iron Man that also had the Defenders in it. I mean, it had Nick Fury in it at the very end, but point taken. Not even Marvel's putting in the work to do an Avengers anymore. That's that's the really crummy part about it. It kind of feels like that moment, that cultural moment has passed. But, nonetheless, you're right, we're kind of already getting into it, so let's take a pause, let, let folks get ready, maybe watch the movie before we really talk about it. But before we do that, Chris, we do need to do the hottest segment in all of podcasting, and that segment is Snack Situation. Chris, what are you snacking on for Black Adam? Or what did you snack on during Black Adam? Buddy, it's February. Sure is. Season of love. You know this. Big box of heart candy time. Well, yes, but there's something else that I love. Mm-hmm. And, and that, Matt Wilson, fucking Girl Scout cookies. And it is Girl Scout cookie season, my dude. Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. Hell I yeah. gotta get some. You no, know I went to the grocery store and I gave a very polite young person $30. <laughs> so what are we talking here? What do we got? Talking, you know, you know, my, my king, my, my master of snacks, the prime Girl Scout cookie for me, peanut butter sandwich. Okay. Okay. But I also picked up the Caramel Delights. also picked up the Peanut Butter Patties. also got some of those French Toast ones that I believe are called Toastiers. Those are new. Those which are new. I think, they were new like last year. And every time I see it, because it's like Toast hyphen Yay, my head wants to pronounce it like Gautier. Mm-hmm. But these aren't some cookies that I used to know. They're some cookies that I know now. So, that's right. Buddy, Girl Scout cookies, that's what's getting me through this bullshit. Well... Similarly, Chris, I'm not necessarily someone who subscribes to the philosophy of eat your feelings. But then today I watched Black Adam and I immediately went and bought donuts. Like, as soon as the the final shot ended, I turned off the movie and I was like, fuck, I need donuts. So that's what I did. And so I have a box of donuts in the kitchen. I just ate one. This is what this movie has done to me. Yeah, bud. So here we here we go. Black Adam is on HBO Max, home box office maximum, if you want to go watch it. Um, I don't recommend it, but you could. And then, if you have watched it or not... You're going to hear a musical interlude, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about Black Adam. And we are back, and it's time for us to talk about Black Adam. And Chris, I mentioned... Before we took a break, that Dwayne The Rock Johnson had said in multiple interviews and promo bits for this movie that it was like the most important movie to him and Black Adam is the most important character to him. 
He said it was like his favorite character from when he was a kid, which is shit. That's just flat bullshit. Yeah, there's no way that's true. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, folks. Black Adam wasn't in comics for a real long time. Black Adam wasn't really in comics until the fucking 90s. Yeah. That is 100% a line of bullshit from professional bullshitter Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, but like you gotta like you gotta make me believe it at least. <laughs> and here's the thing: you don't have to, you don't have to, to to like you don't have to have read Black Adam when you were a kid, and he wasn't important to you when he was a kid. Like he wasn't important. He wasn't. He wasn't. That's that infuriates me. He's but. only he's only been not he's only been something other than a bad guy for Captain Marvel for the past. 15 years yeah and and buddy like literally before like 1994 he's nothing yeah like like that would be like saying that like like doppelganger from spider-man was really important to you when you were a kid (laughs) yeah if a if a captain marvel villain was important to you as a kid it was probably dr savannah probably dr savannah yeah i gotta say with this weird thing where they have made Dr. Savannah jacked since 2011, which is dumb. But, like, imagine The Rock playing Dr. Savannah. That would actually be very fun. <laughs> but there's a detail that they fuck up almost immediately in this movie. Which says to me that no one was actually paying attention or caring, no matter how much they say they were. Here's what it was. Here's what it is. The date given at the beginning of the movie is 2600 BCE. Right? Okay, sure. This is the date of the prologue where we see a bunch of slaves, enslaved people in Kondok, mining for this metal called Eternium, which is not one of the metals from the mantling. What the it's fuck not. It's doing? not one of the ten medals, and that I'm glad that you mentioned it, Matt, because it made me mad. Use one of those medals. It could be any of them, except nth metal, which is mentioned in the movie. Which, which it could be. Yeah, it could be. But it, it could be. It could be any of them, except Batman. It probably shouldn't be Batmanium either. But anyway. They're mining this metal called Ethereum so that the king, the evil king, can create a crown, the crown of Sabak, to become mega powerful. The king's name is Octon. But this kid, this young enslaved boy, starts an uprising, and because of his bravery, just before he's executed, the Council of Wizards gives him the powers of Shazam. All the gods are different because it's, you know, ancient history. He is made into Kondok's heroic champion, and we see Black Adam going into the palace and destroying it before the king, killing the king, right? Mm -hmm. That's the prologue. Now, there's a lot of information that's not given in the prologue that is explained later. But essentially, when we flash forward to the present, 
Black Adam is described as having lived 5,000 years ago. It's not fucking 5,000 years ago. It's 4,600 years ago. 4,600, but I mean, like, they rounded up. Matt, you got, I'll give them that one. That is a generous rounding up. That is a generous rounding up. I mean, look, you're not wrong. That's a gen- that's a four hundred year rounding up. Four hundred yes. years is a long time. Yes, that's that's almost a Razal Ghoul's worth of rounding up. <laughs> like just say almost five thousand years ago. I don't know, Matt. I think I think you're so angry at the rest of this movie that you're you're going hard on that one. I, no, as I'm watching the movie, like this is one of the first things that happens as soon as someone says. Oh, he was around 5,000 years ago. I had to be like, wait, hold on. What the fuck? (laughs) You're supposed to be like an archaeologist. Adriana is the one who says 5,000 years ago. You're supposed to be an archaeologist. Wouldn't you be a little more precise with your historical view of time? It's a small detail, and yeah, they're rounding up, but immediately I'm like, Nobody cares. To me, that is a sign that nobody actually cares. I mean, yeah. Hey, can we can we go ahead and say now how funny it is that Adriana Tomas is in this movie and is Adriana Tomas yeah. and can never be anything but Adriana Tomas now? Adriana Tomas. <laughs> which can't be her superhero name. She cannot be her superhero name. Which is Isis. That's, that's, yeah. Adriana Tomas, you you may know as the superheroine Isis. She does she doesn't become a superhero in this movie anyway. She's just no an archaeologist named Adriana, who has the most annoying son in film. I hate him. Yeah. Okay. There's so much I want to talk about with like just the first setup of this movie. Like the first. 15 minutes of this movie are whack as hell. <laughs> and, like, that's kind of all I paid attention to because I could not tell you what actually happens in this. But, like, thematically, Matt, you know how Heroes in Crisis is a story that is supposed to be about how it's okay to need therapy even if you're a superhero? That It's a story that has good intentions and then ends up being a story that opposes those intentions. Yeah. Yes. It's like, it's a movie. It's a, it's a a story so bad that it executes the opposite of its intentions, like the diametric opposite. This is a weirdly thematically anti-colonialist movie that goes all the way around to being pretty wild in terms of like how it presents the people of Kandak. Well, it does end and, with and a Black Adam himself. It does, yeah. It does end with a hey, maybe having a king wouldn't be so bad moment. Yeah, after all the uh, after after all like what that part where Hawkman shows up and goes, they need to face due process and the law. And all the people go, no, we want blood and vengeance and violence. And everybody's like, yay. 
even even Adriana throughout the movie is like when the Justice Society shows up and they're like, "Hey, due process, D- don't kill people extrajudicially." Even she is like, "You're not from here." Yeah, which I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a difficult one to get my words around. <laughs> but it's like th- the people of Kandak are presented as such caricatures. It's like they're the people from Jimkata. Well, Kandahak is a car- or Kandak is a caricature, right? It's yeah. one city that doesn't even get a name. It's just Kandak. The second thing about the opening, um I did like it when everybody threw up the diamond cutter, shoulders back, chest out. Okay. At ease. You saw Diamond Cutter. I saw everyone throwing up the Rockefeller logo. Rockefeller Records. <laughs> of course, yeah. Like they're all just, y'all they all just come up with anything else. Y'all just love Jay-Z. Alright, you ready to talk for 45 minutes about the thing that broke me? That broke my fucking mind? Uh sure. Okay. All right. So for some reason, Black Adam has a Freddie Freeman in this movie, which seems like a good idea because it's a parallel. Because as much as as they might not want you to give a shit about Captain Marvel in this movie, who's off doing his own thing now, they do a parallel of Billy Batson and Freddie Freeman, specifically Freddie Freeman in the Shazam movie, who wasn't terrible, but also wasn't like, you know. My favorite iteration of the character. Look, we didn't love the Shazam movie. Compared to this movie, it's a masterpiece. 100%. A hundo P. (laughs) Dog. Uh, It... He's exactly Freddie Freeman, which is wild. But he's so much more annoying than the Freddie Freeman from the... He's a lot more annoying. Um, And... And he loves superheroes like Freddie Freeman. But here's how they express that. It's it's breaking my fucking mind, Matt. Okay, so Freddie Freeman has, like, a Batarang that he got. Which is fucking wild, because Batman's a murderer in that movie. In the context of that movie, Batman has killed so many people. Like, he, Freddie Freeman bought a murder weapon on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Just whack as hell. This kid is, like, running through... Kandak, and he uh, sees an inner gang guy. An inner gang is an inner gang. It's 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 Blackwater. It's a PMC. It's 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 kind of ISIS, kind of. But like, it's much more of like it's it's fine. This part's fine. So inner gang. Essentially, what what happens is. Kondok goes from a country that's ruled by a tyrannical king to, quote-unquote, 5,000 years later, having been overtaken by Intergang, which is a military... I guess you would call them like a... uh, like a guerrilla military organization, or a... I mean, I mean, they're they're just a, like a big criminal group. 
Yeah, but but they're all they're like a paramilitary group too. Yeah, but they're they're not. They're like a big criminal group, but they're more like a PMC or a Blackwater or yeah, or something like that than they are inner gang. They're mercenaries. Which kind of makes me feel like they missed the joke that inner gang is the opposite of Interpol. Right. That's yeah. Jack Kirby's not difficult to figure out, though these movies have a hard time with him. Yeah. But he sees this inner gang guy, he runs into him, he knocks him over, and he he drops his bag and some comics come out. And he's got comics because he likes superheroes. So he's got comics. So he's got some DC comics. <sighs> Would have been funny as hell if he had Marvel comics. <laughs> Would have been great if he had, like, fucking Darkhawk. If he had Howard the Duck. If he had Darkhawk 51. Actually, that would have been great. I would have loved this movie. Yeah, that. <laughs> Matt, did you catch the comics that he has? There was a Flash comic. There was a Cyborg comic. And those were the main ones I noticed. Buddy? There's two that fucked me up. Okay. <laughs> He's got a Detective Comics Rebirth, Wonder Woman. Oh, I remember the Rebirth logo. Yes, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's got a DC Rebirth Wonder Woman comic. This isn't like seven minutes into the movie. A DC Rebirth Wonder Woman comic, which means that... Which means that that DC did Rebirth in 2016 in the universe of the DC movies, which means that DC did the New 52 in 2012. Even though Wonder Woman wasn't publicly known until, like, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What continuity did they get rid of that they needed to bring back with the events of DC Rebirth? This is a great question. Tell, Tell me that. I don't know. I don't know. No, you don't know. No one knows. The fact that re- like the fact that they couldn't just get a like like a seventies issue of of Wonder Woman. No, they had to get DC Rebirth Wonder Woman number one. This is another example of just not caring, right? Yeah, because you could get a recent issue of Wonder Woman that doesn't have a Rebirth logo on it, but they just got whatever Wonder Woman comic was probably out when they filmed that or whatever, or they were like, just get number one. And so that's what showed up on screen. His room makes even less sense. Chris, his room is, has fucking new 52 Superman on the wall. And like regular Pope post-crisis Superman. It's a, it's a mess. It's a fucking mess of just, Here's a bunch of DC shit on the walls with no thought as to how they any of it connects. All right, you ready for the one that really got me? Yeah. He's got a fucking copy of Batman Odyssey number one. <laughs> it's fucking Wonder Woman number one, Cyborg number four, and Batman Odyssey, which... Isn't, like, the other two, like, you know when they filmed this, because those two have, like, the Rebirth logo on them, right? This one has a different DC Comics logo on it, because it's from years before. It's, I don't know if this is a thing that they, like, 
patched in for the HBO Max version because it's fucking R.I.P. to Neil Adams or whatever. But like, also, have you read Batman Odyssey? It's bonkers. That's, I mean, that is kind of the comic that I feel like Neil Adams would have made in this universe about like the movie, like, like Ben Affleck Batman. But like, that broke my brain. That is at seven minutes and twenty five seconds into this movie, Matt. I was gone. Yeah, how did, I understand. What did Neil Adams do in the seventies in the DC movie universe that they let him do Batman Odyssey in twenty whatever? In the like, what what did he do? X Men, brother. I wish I knew. I wish, like, all the DC Comics stuff in this is just there to say, hey, this kid is a fan of superheroes. That is the only thing they're trying to get across. And nobody thought about it any more than that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to think about it. Like, like when, when we watched Ms. Marvel... Mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel has like a poster of Captain Marvel of of Carol Danvers, right? She's got like a Terry Dobson poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's kind of wild because like you know who made that poster in the context of this movie? But like, I've seen Terry Dobson draw real people. You know, I've seen Jamie McKelvey draw real people. Like Jamie McKelvey's done, you know, Drew Bell and Sebastian or whatever. You know, right. I've seen I've seen artists draw these people before and sell prints. You know, I, we have a printer somewhere around here of Taylor Swift. I have a painting of of Carly Rae Jepsen. I I, I own an oil painting of Carly Rae Jepsen. That's not weird. It's no, pretty it's fucking cool. weird to have like the Batman logo <laughs> in this universe where Batman fucking kills people all the time. Anyway, I mean, the Captain Marvel stuff is a little suspect as well because like who actually knows what captain marvel looks like there were no news cameras at the big final battle with you know you know know pepper was streaming tony was streaming (laughs) it's fine and we don't know if she was like hanging out on earth in the intervening five years you can you can justify that a lot more easily than you can justify the dc movie self for sure I, i i mean at least like most of the time when there's like a poster of steve rogers on somebody's wall it looks like chris evans you know, this is just absolute nonsense. The The new 52 Superman poster on his wall. Superman has never worn that costume in a movie. It's got the fucking high collar. Who is that supposed to be? Why did Jim Lee draw it? Like that. There is no good reason. It's just a poster of Superman that they, that some set designer put up. That's it. I'm going to get through as much plot stuff as quickly as I can here, okay? The reason this kid, Amon, is bugging this Interpol guy and dropping his comics is because his uncle and his mom and another guy named Ishmael are in a van at a checkpoint. And they're trying to get through, and the guy at the checkpoint's not letting them through, the Interpol guy. So... Amon comes up on his skateboard and bugs the guy for a while until they have to chase Amon and the van can be let through. 
so that Amon can then meet up and talk to his mom, who is wanted. Like a thing flashes up on the Interpol guy's like wrist screen that says, you know, she needs to be detained because, you know, she's a revolutionary working against Interpol. Is that this guy's name? Amon? The kid is yeah. like driving the car in the scene? No, the the uncle's name I forget the uncle's name. Oh, his name's Kareem. The uncle's name Kareem. So they all drive to this cave in the desert and because they heard that the crown of Sabak is there. And so they're gonna take the crown of Sabak. So they go in the cave and they're looking around for it. And Kareem says he's going to stay in the car. So he stays in the car and listens to baby come back. And Adriana and mostly Ishmael are walking around in the cave. They find the crown. And as she's grabbing the crown, it becomes instantly clear that Ishmael is going to betray her. Like everything he does insinuates that he's going to betray her. And he does. And a bunch of inner gang guys come into the cave and they kill one of their friends, like throw him off a cliff. They come in and they tell Adriana that she's got to give up the crown or they're going to kill her brother. So she gives them the, the crown of Sabak, and then she kneels down and starts reading the text on this tomb that has a Black Adam logo on it, a Shazam logo. And she awakens Black Adam, and he proceeds to kill every single one of these Interpol guys. Except for Ishmael, who gets away and turns out to be the bad guy of the whole movie. Because he's the descendant of King Akton. The only living descendant of King Akton. Which is, is also whack, because like once you go back like a certain number of years, like pretty much... You know, like pretty much everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Black Adam's first thing that he does is kill a bunch of Interpol guys. Somehow, though, he has the forethought to not attack Adriana. Because uh, she's not holding a gun or something? I don't know. Also, these Intergang guys, I think I said Interpol earlier instead of Intergang. It's that easy to get it mixed up, folks. Yeah, that's 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 the joke. Yeah. Um, like Jack again. Jack Kirby's not hard to figure out, man. Once yeah. like, once you get it, stuff that Jack Kirby created is like so easy. A mother box is six motherboards. Interpol, intergang. It's that simple. Not complicated. Fourth world, third world. That's all. Like that's all it is. That's all it is. So these intergang guys are dumb as shit because all they can think of is to shoot Black Adam, even though. It should be evident that shooting him is doing no good. But they just keep shooting him, and he kills them. Then he blows up helicopters and tanks, and they shoot rockets at him, and he deflects them and makes their helicopters blow up. But eventually, he does get hit. You you are glossing over so much fucking violence, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty brutal. Like... He the first thing Black Adam does, and this is like we all know kids like badass gross stuff. We all know kids like to to see dudes get their asses kicked. 
I like to see dude like wild violence when I was a child. Um, the first thing your cool hero Black Adam does, who's going to change the hierarchy of the power in the DC universe or whatever, he fucking melts a motherfucker. He and sure we does, watch yeah. the skin fall from his bones and his eyeballs explode. And it takes a long time. It's like, like you remember Donovan melting in Last Crusade, or like the like the Nazis getting their, their eyes exploded in in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like it's so much longer than that. Oh yeah, I remember when Batman nineteen eighty nine came out. One of the sticking points to my mom letting me watch it was the scene where the Joker fries the guy with the hand buzzer. Uh-huh. She was like, that's maybe a little too violent. This is 20 times more violent than that. It's so violent, and it takes... He starts electrocuting the dude at 17 minutes and 44 seconds in. He stops electrocuting... Like, the man's charred, blackened, skinless skull crashes to the ground at 17 minutes, 58 seconds. Does that sound like a short amount of time? It is in the real world. It's a lot of movie time. Yeah, it is. And and there is more like that as we progress. I'm going to gloss over some violent stuff just because there's a lot of it in here. But he puts a grenade in a man's mouth. He sure does. And it's the guy, he's moving. I have seen so much violence in so many movies, and I'm cool with a lot of it. I like movies. The, I don't. I don't know how this scene of Black Adam straight murdering hundreds of people did not get this movie the hardest of ours. Well, the thing with the grenade in the guy's mouth is it's one of those things where it's like Black Adam's supposed to be moving so fast that time slows down. It's one of those Quicksilver in the X Men movies kind of uh-huh. sequences. So when Black Adam kind of like flies away, time starts back to normal. And then we see the guy take the grenade out of his mouth and he just goes, Oh shit. And everybody blows up. Uh, if you were wondering like how much Jeff Johns is in this movie, by the way, um, I haven't, I, I didn't look, I don't know. Like I know we got a special thanks, but I don't know if he was credited on anything else, but um, Black Adam does rip a motherfucker's arm off like two minutes after he appears in the movie. That's that's true. Like, like, first thing he does is graphically electrocute a man to death, which, by the way, I don't think should be one of the Shazam powers. That's some weird new bullshit, but I don't like it. But that's fine. I'm old. I get it. I get it. I'm old. That's fine. If they, if they want to have electric powers, that's fine. They shouldn't. But, you know, it's a fucking Captain Marvel has I-beams in crisis, so whatever. But that's the first thing he does, and then he fucking, like, kills four more dudes and then rips a man's arm off. He kills so many fucking people, Matt. It's a lot. It's a lot. Eventually, Adriana's like, hey, you gotta come with us. To him. And he's like, no. I don't. And then he gets hit with an... It's. I keep wanting to call it. A, it's a ternium. He gets hit with an eternium rocket that briefly hurts him. So Adriana can take him back to her home in 
unnamed city in Kandak. Then we cut to fucking Hawkman getting a briefing from Amanda Waller. Who's like, oh, fuck, Black Adam's back. You got to go get him. Or I guess he's not Black Adam yet. He's Teth Adam. But she's like, he's been asleep for 5,000 years and you got to go get him. And Hawkman's like, yes, ma'am, I work for you, Amanda Waller, a person who hires criminals to do really, really bad shit. But I'm a superhero and I'm in the Justice Society, but I still also work for you. Also, the Justice Society exists and is not the Justice League. No, but I also work for you as a member of the Justice Society. I work for you, Amanda Waller. The Marvel movies pretty easily and handily established that like the superheroes work for shield. Like it's, it's one of the big complaints people have about those movies that they're like, you know, military industrial complex superheroes, it's legit complaint, but like it's, it's a plot contrivance in the way that Batman's wealth is a plot contrivance to explain how he has a cool car. Like it's, it, they do it. The last time we saw Amanda Waller, it's not like Amanda Waller was like, in charge of the DEO, right? Like, she was in charge of the Suicide Squad. The last time we saw the Justice Society, the Justice Society didn't fucking exist. No. Like, the Justice Society, that's new. I feel like Lois Lane right now. Well, it raises the question, hey, if the Justice Society existed, where the fuck have they been? Yeah. Where were they during... Well, I guess they probably weren't around in World War I. I guess when Wonder Woman was around, but okay. you know, whatever. But where were they when Batman versus Superman? Yeah, where have they been? Where have they been? Where the fuck have they been? I, I we I gave you all the villains. I said fine. You can you can cheat on all the villains because we can like Batman's old, so I guess he's been around for a while. Are we supposed to believe that the JSA was active like thirty years ago? I that's the other thing I don't know. Cuz like yeah, cuz like Cyclone is is Ma Hunkle's grandkid and Adam Smasher is the nephew of the original Adam Smasher. The original Adam Smasher Henry Winkler. <laughs> yeah, all, we all know the original Adam Smasher was Henry Winkler. That was my one of my favorite parts of the movie is when Henry Winkler zoomed into this movie. <laughs> Literally phoned it in. Still did a great job. So yeah, I guess I guess the JSA was in the seventies. But then why is Hawkman in his thirties? Why don't they talk about Hawkman being around in ancient times? That's true. Why didn't Hawk? Why isn't Hawkman like? Oh, I I know you, Tev Adam, from when I was in ancient times. Or does that happen? It fucking might. I don't know. Like, is, Does he say that? Does the, is that brought up? It is not. Is Hawkman, is this version of Hawkman, like, ageless? Is he immortal? No, he's reincarnated, because him being reincarnated right. is a plot point, because it's okay. the thing that AC was so mad about. That's right. Which, he's, but then he spends so much of the movie worrying about dying. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, like, sure, like, yeah. He's gonna, like... It's, it, he's going to die, but I mean, like he does know he's going to be reincarnated. <laughs> so he lets, so he lets Doctor Fate. I mean, he he doesn't want him to, but nonetheless, Doctor Fate's like, I'll die instead. Do you 
want to know the part about the JSA that made me the maddest. This is such a fucking... We want there to be a DC universe that you, you have not seen at all thing in this. When uh, Hawkman, Aldous Hodge, who looks great, by the way. I love Aldous Hodge. I love Leverage. I love... I love. I think Aldous Hodge and Pierce Brosnan are really well cast. I don't like my. This is my hot take about this movie. Even including DTRJ, even including DRTRMJ. You follow me, Dwayne? Rocky, The Rock, Maivia Johnson. Yes, you got it. Yeah. Even counting him, I don't think anyone is poorly cast in this movie. Mm, I, I think Aldous Hodge and Pierce Brosnan are well cast. I think, I think you could have done a fine job of The Rock as Black Adam if th- there's, there's a universe out there where that's a good idea. I think Aldous Hodge is good. I think Pierce Brosnan's good. I think uh, the kids who play Adam Smasher and, and Cyclone are actually like pretty good. Mm. I, I don't think I I think they're the best part. Of, like like spoilers for High Points. I think they're the best part of the movie. They're still not good. <laughs> well, here's the here's the here's the problem with it because I was going to go through this whole rundown of the members of the Justice Society. So let's do that before you make your point. Okay. There's Doctor Fate played by Pierce Brosnan, who's this, like, they they fa- figured out a way to make him not just do- the DC Doctor Strange, which I think is cool. Like, Kent Allard is this high-class guy. Nope. Kent Allard's the shadow, buddy. Wait. No. What, who do I mean? Kent Nelson. Kent Nelson. Why do I think, why am I thinking Kent Allard? Well, that was the point I was building to, but I'll, I'll can, I, can I say this part real quick? Sure. When Aldous Hodge is talking to Amanda Waller, there's a part where he goes, she's like, you're going to need somebody a lot tougher than these other guys. And he's like, that's why I'm bringing in Kent. And like, folks, the DC movies haven't been around since 1938. The DC movies haven't had a bunch of different characters with a bunch of different names. If you're in the DC movies, there's like maybe 20 guys. Maybe 20 total, counting the suicides squads, that you can be talking about without explaining who they are. If you say, I need someone really powerful, and that's why I'm bringing in Kent, and you're not talking about Clark Kent, you fucked up. <laughs> you fucked up, bud. I do think this version of Dr. Fate is a good take on Dr. Fate. Kent Nelson is not Dr. Strange. He's got some of the same powers. He can see the future like Dr. Strange can. <laughs> but he's this high-class guy who does the bit where he like makes a bunch of copies of himself. And I think the costumes are good. I think the look of the character is good. I like this version of Dr. Fate. 
I don't mind Aldous Hodge's Hawkman. I'm not the biggest Hawkman fan, but Hawkman in here, largely pretty good. Despite his whole role being like, I'm here to ruin everybody's fun. I'm I'm the I'm the rules guy. <laughs> but they're the only two members of the Justice Society. For all we know. Because I mean, I guess the old Adam Smasher, Henry Winkler, Adam Smasher was on the team. And now his nephew is here. And Noah Centineo, like, it's not like he does a bad job, but his character is just there to, like, Adam Smasher is just in here to be the fucking doofus. The rookie who doesn't know what he's doing. Again, I feel like there's a thing you could do that would be better than this. All the stuff about him being a dumbass rookie who fucks up all the time is the most first draft stuff. It's it's rough. Yeah. Like why does that have to be his role? Like he's there he's clearly there to be comic relief. It's an example of what I will get to being a huge problem of this movie, which is this movie does not understand what tone it wants to have ever. No. The tone is wild. Yeah. Again, Black Adam fully murders a bunch of dudes. And remind me that that needle drop is going to be in low points. Oh, one of my low points is needle drops. I have a list. Okay. Adam Smasher's a big doofus. And then there's Cyclone, who is cool. I I, I think the actress who plays her is... Uh, pretty good. That is uh, Quintessa Swindell playing Cyclone. Yeah, who I believe is, to this movie's credit, I believe is a non-binary actor playing a non-binary superhero, which is nice. Okay, great. What do they do? What do they accomplish? I mean, absolutely nothing. No, no one accomplishes anything in this movie. <laughs> nothing. Cyclone shows up and uses their powers a few times. To do nothing. I wish I could say I liked... I mean, it's not like Noah Centineo and Quintessa Swindell do a bad job with what they're given. But they're playing nothing characters. That's the problem. The the JSA is really just Hawkman and Dr. Fate. Like, they go off and do shit and leave Cyclone and Adam Smasher back on their plane three different times where it's like, okay, now Adam Smasher and Cyclone, you can do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Wild. And, and it's during this scene where the JSA is getting brought in to uh, go take down Black Adam that the line that is the motto of the movie is said. Because there's one point where Dr. Fate says to Hawkman, this is a bad plan that we have to go capture Black Adam. And Hawkman says, a bad plan is better than no plan at all. They had that fucking up on a on a banner in the office <laughs> in the making of this movie. It, it is the motto. Fucking hell. Like, this movie is full of catchphrases that don't get over. And I'm going to talk about Black Adam and his catchphrases in a minute. His quote-unquote catchphrase. 
Okay. And then I'm there's ready to the, that rumor. Yeah. And then there's the bit about like the inscription on the crown being that uh, life is the only path to death. And then if you flip it over, it's death is death is the only path to life, which is the way that Sabak comes to life, which is dumb as shit. Like the movie constantly makes fun of its own line of life is the only path to death. But then when it's flipped over to be death is the only path to life, that's treated as profound. Anyway, the real motto of this movie is a bad plan is better than no plan at all. Woof. Okay. Is it though? Is it really? Yeah. So Black Adam wakes up in uh, Kondok, taken back to Adriana's house. He wakes up in Amon's room, and Amon's room is full of all this superhero stuff. We've talked about this already. And the first thing that Black Adam does when he wakes up is shoot lightning, and it blasts the face off of a Superman in a Superman poster. That's foreshadowing, everybody. I mean, it, well, <laughs> is, it, is it foreshadowing if it's if if it was meant to be foreshadowing, but is not going to be? That's a good question. He wakes up, Amon comes in and starts talking to him, and he tells Black Adam that he's better than every other superhero. He says, Batman, Superman, Flash, you're way more stacked than any of them. Yeah, um, about that. That's not, that's not what that means. That's not, I don't, no, unless like, I, I mean, I watch a lot of TikTok, but I'm not going to say I'm up on all the slang. I'm still pretty chuggy. But like, I don't think they say stacked to mean like ripped. I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson had some surgery to deal with that problem. That's a low blow. (laughs) (laughs) That's low. Matt, come on, you're better than that. (laughs) People that know that know will know what I'm talking about. I-Y-K-Y-K. So anyway, he tries to tell Black Adam that he's the hero that conduct needs. And block Adams, like, I don't want to be a hero. Get out of my way. I just want to go do whatever I'm going to do. And there's this bit where black Adam keeps smashing through the walls in Adriana's house in like her apartment. And I think it's supposed to be a joke, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't use doors. He knows what a door is. We will find out later that he knows what a door is. But all he does is smash through the walls. And it's supposed to be like, oh, he's so powerful, he doesn't even need to use the door. And this is a joke about that. But it just makes him look like a huge fucking asshole to people he ostensibly likes, or at least likes more than his enemies. Well, that's that's the other thing. Is like, Black Adam doesn't like anybody like he doesn't even like his little freeman sidekick well he eventually likes him he likes him so much that he like goes all out to try to save his life right Mm -hmm. but he has to pretend or like act like he doesn't like them 
And he's like, fuck your walls. Fuck your home. I'm going to burst through all of your walls. And it makes him so unlikable to me. Because it's like, these are people who want to do the right thing and want to help their country and want to help liberate Kondok. And you're going to make their home unlivable. By bursting through the walls. Fuck you, man. (laughs) Like, that's not cool in an anti-hero way. That just sucks. That's a shitty thing to do. Yeah, man. Like, there's a bit in here about how he doesn't have... uh, Like, he sees a mirror and he's, like, confused by it. Which makes sense. Like, you know, glasses is relatively recent within the past 5,000 years. Or 4,600 for you, Matt. Thank you. But, like, I'm pretty sure they had, like, doors, right? Oh, he says he knows what a door is. Yeah. Later. Because he's just an asshole. There's a bit later in the movie where he bursts through a wall, and Dr. Fate is like, how did people enter rooms, or I guess they didn't have doors back when you were alive. And Black Adam goes, yeah, we did. It's how we went into a room. It's like, then you're just an asshole. So let's talk about this catchphrase. Okay. So there's this weird bit where Black Adam's like, I'm leaving. So he goes out of the apartment, and he's like slowly floating down the middle of a stairwell. And I don't know why he's floating down so slowly. It's only so Amon can run down the steps and try to talk to him. And he's trying to tell Black Adam about how he needs a new name, because he's still Teth Adam at this point. Why does he need a new name? Because his name's out of date. It's dated. But I mean, like, also, there's still people named Adam. Like, it it is still people's names. Well, the Adam doesn't change. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, like, if you told me, if I was like, hey, who's that, that super strong guy who shoots lightning out of his hands? And killed 400 people in the fake Middle East uh, last week. And you were like, oh, that's Teth Adam. I'm going to be like, oh, okay. I'm going to remember that because he murdered so many people. Yes. I don't need... I I, I don't... He didn't need... He, I don't know, man. Like, of all the of all the shit that they want to explain... Of, like, why Superman wears an S. It can't just be because it's a fucking S because his name is Superman. <laughs> and that's how you spell Superman. <laughs> they want to be like, yeah, yeah, you have to change your name, Teth Adam. And also he's like, oh, you've got to do all this other stuff to be a superhero. You need a catchphrase when you beat the bad guys. How about something like, tell them the man in black sent you. And Black Adam's like, who's them? And Amon goes, I don't know, the demons or whatever. Like, you can tell them you sent them. And Black Adam, despite having established that he doesn't care about this kid and doesn't want anything from him and doesn't care about his image or being a hero, keeps trying to use this catchphrase throughout the movie. 
and he keeps doing it wrong in different ways. Like he'll kill these inner gang guys first and then say, tell them the man in black sent you. And then Amon has to be like, no, 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 you have to say it before you kill them. And then at the end of the movie, when he fucking rips Sabak in half, he finally does it right and says it before he kills Sabak. But it sucks as a catchphrase. <laughs> it's okay. Here's the thing about this. The whole tell them the man in black sent you thing, it's a runner. And it is, it at least has the cadence of humor. It's, it, but it's, it's a joke. No, it's not good. It's, it's not good. Joke. Like, either Black Adam is this deathly serious character who doesn't know what a humor is, or he's a Marvel character who's quippy, and this wants to have it both ways. If they had explained that Black Adam was like, hey, how are things done in your time? And, like, the the kid told him about, like, superheroes and how, like, superheroes say... Which, what, what fucking superheroes say quips in this universe? Aquaman. Just Aquaman. Oh, and, and Cyborg says booyah. Yeah, but, like, look, he was definitely not streaming for that one. <laughs> we know that. Cyborg didn't even want to say that. That's true. Look that one up. Maybe maybe you'll see how someone might have been right about some things in 2011. If that was if that was kind of the deal, it's like okay, it's like because first of all, Black Adam didn't want to be a superhero. He didn't want to be famous. He doesn't right. want anything that the kid is talking about. But if the kid was like, you could be a superhero. You could like inspire Kandak to to rise up against these oppressors and. Uh, and throw them out of our country and, and regain self-government. But he didn't give a fuck about any of that stuff, so I don't know why he does it. But Matt, do you know what two words are not spoken before the credits roll in this movie? What's that? Black Adam. It's one of those. It, it's one of the ones where they don't say the name of the superhero. That's, I think that's a flaw in these. It's a flaw in Captain Marvel. They don't call her Captain Marvel. Yeah, it it is said it is said by Amanda Waller in the mid credits scene. Yeah, but not before the credits start. Right. So the movie the movie ends. Jumping ahead, but the movie ends. We've got this whole runner, right? It's it's got to be five six times in the movie. Telling the man in black sent you. It's a lot. Yeah, it's the end of the movie, and they go well. Ted Adam, I guess you probably have a new cool name now that you're a superhero. And there's like a slow zoom on on D-R-T-R-M-J. Slow zoom on, on Black Adam. And then we cut to credits. And it's like, so he's the man in black, right? Like, that's his cool well, superhero code name? Because he's been telling everybody I'm the fucking man in black for the past two hours. But what it cuts to is the title card, which says Black Adam. I don't even think it does that. It does. It does. Does do it that. cut to the title card? I thought it just went to the credits. No, it cuts, it cuts to the title card. Ugh. Because, Chris, I have a theory about what this movie is that I will get to in final thoughts. The ending of this movie mimics another movie. 
And this movie mimics other movies in other ways. Anyway, there's this whole bit about the catchphrase. Black Adam kills some more inner gang guys before the Justice Society shows up, and there's a big long fight sequence against the Justice Society. I won't get into the whole fight sequence. Black Adam beats them without killing them because he just, I guess, knows who not to kill and who to kill. I don't fucking know, man. Uh, but but the Justice Society gets their asses kicked. But part of why they, that happens is because their approach is awful. Do you remember, Chris, the first line that Dr. Fate says to Black Adam? No. Dr. Fate, a superhero in the Justice Society, Hawkman's closest, oldest friend, Hawkman, who cares a lot about doing things by the book and not extrajudicially killing anyone, Dr. Fate says, kneel or die. Why would he say that? I don't know, man. Here's why he would say it. So that Black Adam could say, I kneel to no one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. You can't just write dialogue so that the other character could say their thing. <laughs> you have to write things that characters would say. And Dr. Fate would not say kneel or die. He's not fucking General Zod. Maybe maybe he was like Man, I don't I don't read a lot of comics, but I read Sandman. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man. I don't know if I'm gonna read any more of these things, but uh if that guy's writing them for me, it's a kneel or die. Kneel or die. Ugh. Oh man. So a bunch of stuff happens in the movie and I don't know what any of it fucking is. Okay, I'll try to explain it to you, Chris. First of all, though, the, the, I do have to say this about this movie not knowing its tone. Even the set design doesn't know its tone. Because during the fight with the Justice Society, there's all these storefronts everywhere. There's a lot of product placement in this movie. Like, Adriana has some very nice Palladium boots. And Kondok has a lot of FedEx locations. <laughs> Shocking number of FedEx locations. Tell you what, uh, the best if, if you want the best Converse, you gotta hit up the uh, the stores in Kandak. Yeah, but aside from like actual product placements, all of the other storefronts in Kandak are gags. And the one that stuck out to me the most was KFC Kandak Fried Chicken. That's 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 funny. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know, man. Sometimes you got to get the jokes in where you can. Sometimes yeah. you got to amuse yourself. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. I've ri- I've written some fake billboards in my time. Essentially, what happens after this is the Justice Society falls back and tries to regroup, and they talk to Adriana about like, "Hey, we got to get this Black Adam guy, and we need the Crown of Sabak because." We want international stability. We're here for the sake of international stability. 
when uh they find like well they have the crown hidden but in their apartment but then Ishmael reveals he's been a traitor the whole time he uh shoots Kareem in the apartment and uh also ah, there's a fight where he finds the crown of Sabak but I forget who he gets into a fight with it might actually be Kareem in in the apartment uh but he absconds with the crown of sabak which was hidden in amon's room so uh he he goes off with the crown and kidna- kidnaps amon so amon is kidnapped and through this th- there's the discovery that black adam was not an entombed savior of kandak but was kept in a prison for killing the king and basically destroying everything around the palace. Black Adam and the rest of the heroes go to try to save Amon, who uh, who Ishmael has captured at this mine that they keep calling intergangs greatest resource they're an international criminal organization they also own a big mine okay right so they're in this mine black adam can't just go grab amon because ishmael has a shield up that is made of pure eternium that even black adam can't get through And I, well, I guess he doesn't have the crown at this point because Adriana has it and she has to give it to him. And as soon as he threatens Amon, she's like, here, take the crown, take it. So I was wrong about him getting the crown earlier. He didn't have it. Adriana gives it to him. And when he gets the crown, he's like, haha, I'm just going to shoot Amon anyway. So he fires a bullet at Amon. And Black Adam, who is now super connected to this annoying kid, flies up and holds his hand out and stops the bullet. And he then like explodes into lightning, attacking everybody there, including the heroes. And so he sees that he's injured Amon, and that makes him just go wild with rage. And blow up the entire mine. But luckily all the good characters are saved somehow because of Hawkman and Dr. Fate, like shielding them. But uh, Ishmael gets like burned to a crisp with the crown, like burned into his body. So that happens. This is the thing that makes Black Adam actually feel guilty because he injures Amon. So he reveals to Hawkman the story of how he became Black Adam. It was not him who the wizards chose to be the hero of Kondok. It was his son. So we see 
more of the flashbacks to 2600 BCE, where The Rock is like CGI'd onto a skinny body. Like his face is CGI'd onto a skinny body, like in fucking Captain America the First Avenger. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's worse. It looks so fucking weird every time it's this rock face pasted onto like it's not even a skinny body, it's just like a much less muscular body. <laughs> yeah, it's like ninety seven rock. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should have just like gotten nineties like Scorpion King rock, like archival footage from Scorpion King. Yeah. But it's when like he wasn't it's, this jacked. It's so weird. It's stacked, so weird. I mean, he wasn't stacked like this. Stacked. It's so weird every time it's shown. It's jarring. It's like mega uncanny valley shit. Anyway, we find out that the king knowing that he can't defeat the rock's son, whose name is Harut, who has become the new hero, that the king goes to kill Teth Adam and his wife instead. And so Harut, seeing that his dad is dying on the ground, gives him his powers. Like, has him say Shazam. Gives him his powers and then immediately gets shot with arrows to death. So, now Teth Adam, having the powers of the champion, explodes into a rage and goes and blows up the castle. So the statue we've been seeing the whole movie of the champion of Kondok isn't actually Teth Adam, it's his son Harut. And this is when Teth Adam's like, I'm not a hero I don't really deserve these powers. The wizards didn't choose me. So I'm going to say Shazam, and you take me to prison. And make sure I never say the word again. So he says Shazam. He goes back to his, like, weird, not the rock body. And the Justice Society takes him to a Task Force X black site. That is, that, those are the words that appear on screen. Task Force X Black Site. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. They put him in a, like a Task container. Force X is the Suicide Squad. It's not the Justice Society. Right. But the Justice Society works for Amanda Waller for some reason. Again, Hawkman is very adamant about no extrajudicial killing, do everything by the book, due process. But he works for fucking Amanda Waller. Anyway, they put Teth Adam, who is not Black Adam anymore, in this like containment cell thing that's supposed to keep him contained and locked up. And there's a thing over his mouth so he can't say Shazam. Also, this prison is full of other people. Who are these fucking other people? There are dozens of people in this place. Of various sizes. Buddy, I don't know. They wanted to do they wanted to do a Suicide Squad movie in a film franchise where the villains always die. So I I don't know. I don't know what who these people are. 
so now that Black Adam is dealt with, that everybody thinks everything is taken care of. But Ishmael, the whole deal with the thing in the crown, death is the only path to life. Ishmael goes to the afterlife, essentially hell, and the demons in hell say, oh, we're going to send you back as our champion because they've got their champion. Well, now you're our champion, so you're going back as Sabak. So they send him back to life with the crown of Sabak back to Kondok so he can like take over Kondok as the ruler. So the Justice Society has to come back to Kondok to try to stop him. But of course, they can't. Dr. Fate, knowing that someone is going to die because he's been seeing it in his visions, like they go to the castle in Kondok, to the palace, and Dr. Fate stops Hawkman from coming in so that he can go fight Sabak and sacrifice himself. In enough time that he can summon Black Adam back to Kondok, he releases remotely using like astral projection. He releases Teth Adam from his imprisonment that he just put him in so that he can swim back up to the surface and say Shazam and become Black Adam again. So Dr. Fate is killed. Hawkman then comes running in. And uses Dr. Fate's helmet to stall for time until Black Adam can arrive and say, tell them the man in black sent you and rip Sabak in half. Uh, this, by the way, I believe was the part of the movie where my wife, my wife, who d- does not read many Detective Comics comics and certainly has not read as many as I have, nor would I ask or expect her to, uh, said, that's not how the Helmet of Fate works. It's true. She nailed it. She got him. Also, before Sabak gets ripped in half, which that is also graphically shown on screen, by the way, but it's all CGI, so it's not quite as... I mean, the guy getting melted is also CGI, but... (laughs) Yeah, it didn't He's really a, melt a guy, but it's still fucking gross. Sabak is a demon, so when he gets ripped in half, it's not quite as gross as the guy getting melted, but it's pretty graphic. But before that happens, there's also a thing where the legions of hell are running rampant through the streets of Kondok. And Chris, you described it as a <laughs> Kondok, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah, moment. yeah, it's very much a, this is Kondok! You messing with yeah. one of us, you messing with all of us. So it's like the people of Kondok are fighting zombies in the street. <laughs> it's Un- This movie is like all the good parts of other superhero movies. Like Frankenstein together and brought to life in a mockery of what is good. So once Sabak gets ripped in half, Black Adam is in the throne room of the palace. Hey, remember remember how you said that they that they tried to make Doctor Fate not just Doctor Strange? Yeah. Not during the fight with Sabak, though. That's true. When he just does the thing that Doctor Strange did in the fight with Thanos. You're right. You're right. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, it is exactly the same, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> he does the exact shit. So, when Sabak dies, Black Adam is in the throne room of the palace. And he's in there with Amon and uh, Adriana. And they're like, you could take the throne. You could be the new king of Kondok. And so Black Adam sits on the throne and recreates that one fifth, that one cover of the issue of Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. You know that one cover of on Fifty Two where Black Adam's sitting on a throne. Yeah, that famous cover that everyone loves. That like they knew like oh this is gonna all the fans are gonna like this one when he does the cover from that one issue of Fifty Two. Uh, from then two thousand two thousand eight. Yeah. Uh, but Black Adam says, this feels wrong. And he flies up in the air and comes back down and smashes the throne. Uh, essentially, I guess, saying, like, Kandahak is now the people's. And uh, and then it's like, well, what's your name now? And then, yeah, he doesn't say it, but the title card comes up. Did there's you a mid- that Amon has, like, a fucking towel tied around his neck the whole time? Oh, right. They gave him a cape. The JSA gave him a cape. Because the JSA just has capes to give out to people. Because there's such a famous organization that's been so prevalent and visible in the DC universe. But they're not like you know, good capes, though, because you do have to tie them around your neck like it's a fucking towel. That's right, yeah. It's... That was where I was like, where the f- okay, if they're big enough that they have capes that they give out to kids, where the fuck have they been? Maybe this is like a new 52 Earth 2 thing where they happened after the Justice League, so they're new. Oh, you're but right. They have capes. Card. But they have capes to give out to kids. Anyway, the mid credit sequence is Amanda Waller like a drone showing up at the palace and Amanda Waller holograms up and she's like, Black Adam. She goes, okay, Black Adam, which is the the only time that it is said out loud by anyone in the film. And she's like, you think you're such hot shit? I'll take you down. If you, the second you step outside of Kondok, I'll take you down. And Black Adam's like, who's going to stop me? Nobody on Earth is as powerful as me. And Amanda Waller says, well, I'll send people who aren't from Earth after you then. And he goes, no, no, no. I said nobody on Earth, not nobody from Earth. You, I probably could have set that up differently. <laughs> for you. And uh, her hologram goes away. And uh, who shows up but Superman? And he's like, Black Adam, we need to talk. Uh, a thing that will never be paid off. Yeah, man. Um, also, if like... If Amanda Waller could like call up and and send Superman, why'd she send Hawkman and two children? And also, does super does Superman work for Amanda Waller? Do just all superheroes of the DC universe work for fucking Amanda Waller? I mean, I'll you know what? I'll even give him that. I, I'm sorry, I forgot. Superman also says Black Adam very dramatically, like he knows yeah. the title of the movie. Um. I'll give him that because, like, you could probably show Superman footage of Black Adam murdering a thousand people. Like, if any of those dudes from Inner Gang in that first scene had, like, body cams or, like, a GoPro or something, and they were like, they're like, oh shit, like, 
uh, Jerry just got melted, uh, then then if I was Superman, I'd be like, woof, I better go at least check this dude out. I mean, not this Superman, but, you know. All right, Chris, do you have any high points for Black Adam? I do think that, at least for this movie, by these crushingly low standards, Adam Smasher and Cyclone do have a couple of, like, fun moments that they have... They have more interesting moments than Black Adam does. And if they weren't so poorly written, I would like to see more of them. I also really liked, uh, like, shockingly, I liked Aldous Hodge as a Hawkman. Not shockingly, because I like Aldous Hodge, but, like, I would watch an Aldous Hodge Hawkman movie. I'll say that. Here's the thing. My high point is also, I wish this was a different movie. I wish we had watched any other movie than this. I would have probably really enjoyed a Pierce Brosnan, Aldous Hodge, Hawkman, Dr. Fate team-up movie. If you did like a like a Justice Society movie... With Based on Aldous those Hodge guys? In Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. Like, in... The 40s or whatever? Fighting fucking Perdegaton? Sure. Why not? I mean, I don't think he could be in the 40s if you have Pierce Brosnan. Because he's supposed to be older Dr. Fate, right? But... Yeah, but Dr. Fate old as hell. Come on. (laughs) But even, like, set in the present, if it was just, like, a JSA movie... Built around Aldous Hodge and Pierce Brosnan, I might be interested. You know, yeah, that could be good. It's just the rock of it all. Yeah, man, that stuff's rough. Like it's bad. Uh, I also do think um, I don't like a lot of the costumes in the DC movies. Yeah, because I think they're like almost like always unforgivably busy. Uh, that flash suit so bad, but I like the Hawkman costume and I like that. It's kind of an amalgamation of various Hawkman designs in a way that like, that is kind of like the one thing I think they really thought about in this movie was that they looked at all the different versions of Hawkman and kind of unified them for movie Hawkman in a way that works. Like well, he's actually not the the like, you know, the classic Hawkman stuff, the the Thanagarian cop Hawkman stuff, the Hawkworld, like Tim Truman stuff. Like it's a it, it's a pretty good looking suit. Actually, I think all the costumes aside from Black Adam are pretty good. Yeah, I like Doctor Fate looks good. I I think it's kind of cool that Doctor Fate's helmet only has one eye. I think that's a neat touch. Yeah, I like the way he dresses when he's not. Dr. Fate. And I like that he becomes Dr. Fate just by putting the helmet on. You know? Yeah. Like, it's a good look for Dr. Fate. I think Cyclone and Adam Smasher's costumes are pretty good, largely. Yeah, the Cyclone costume is is 
I mean, it's as good a version of that costume as you're going to find. Black Adam's costume is fucking weird. I don't care for it. Why is it all distressed? And even when it gets brighter at the end of the movie, it's still distressed. Yeah, bud. I guess because it just can't be Shazam's costume, Captain Marvel's cast costume, but in black instead of red. Which is what it should be. Yeah. That would make sense. All right, low points. We said what it, we said what this was going to be. Needle drops. I tend to hate needle drops in DC movies already. They're often really bad, right? Uh-huh. Like, the needle drops in Suicide Squad, the first Suicide Squad. Atrocious. Sympathy for the devil, right? Yeah. Uh, which, which version of Ghost League had Icky Thump in it? It was the first one. It was the non-Snyder Cut. Pretty rough. The, the Snyder Cut set that scene to, like, like orchestral. You know, it made it much more self-serious. Uh, anyway, here are some needle drops from this movie. Bullet with Butterfly Wings. <laughs> That's, Not to establish that something's in, like, the 90s, either. No. <laughs> Just it's, like a scene transition to the present. Yes, it's to show that the people in Kondok are imprisoned by Intergang. Their Get world it? is truly a vampire. Paint it black. The orchestral choral paint it black was... <laughs> I almost tapped out, like, right then. Because I'd already... They'd already done the thing with the fucking comics that... that had me off like fucking with my Pepe Silva conspiracy board trying to figure it out. But when they were, they were doing fucking paint it black with paint it, paint it. Like I wanted to stop. Our buddy David Wolken walked out of this movie. Uh He's only ever walked out of two movies in his entire life. And this was one of them. And I, I was like, "Ooh, boy, yeah, that's n- that is a bad sign of things to come." Paint it black is the most obvious choice for Black Adam, and it happens during the scene where he kills all those people. And it's they have the orchestral version, the sort of like score version of Paint It Black, which is then followed by the actual song Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. Yeah, when the action gets like really hot. Here's the worst offender, though. Fucking power by Kanye West <laughs> during the part where Black Adam's like, I'm very powerful. When he's blowing up the fucking mine. Christ all fucking mighty. <laughs> is that is that better or worse than when they play power in the Power Rangers movie? I haven't seen that Power Rangers movie. It's pretty, I mean it's like it 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 kinda rules and it kinda sucks really bad when that happens. Yeah. Uh other low points, The Rock is terrible in this movie. They can't figure out what the tone is. They're trying to be as serious as possible and like jokey funny, and it doesn't work. The script is a goddamn mess. 
They imprison Black Adam just to let him out of prison immediately. It sucks, man. <laughs> Chris, what are your final thoughts about Black Adam? I mean, like, we we said this from Jump Street, right? Like, the first trailer. Because the first trailer had the thing about, like, heroes don't kill. Well, I do. And it's like... Which wait, which is in the movie. That line is in the movie. That line is in the movie. But, like, what heroes is Hawkman talking about? Himself, Superman. only himself. Like Superman kills people. Batman like, does. Batman kills people. Wonder Woman killed people. All I, of the Suicide Squad. All of the Suicide Squad killed. killed a lot of people. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Aquaman killed some guys. I'm pretty sure Aquaman killed some guys. Right. He he might be one who didn't. Flash but, and like Flash is too much of a coward. That's right, I said it. No, Flash that's a not the guts to kill anybody. No, no, no. Flash canonically in the Justice League movie is a coward. Yeah. That is a part of his character in the Justice League movie. Buddy, yeah. I don't know. I don't think Cyborg killed anybody. Yeah, but Cyborg is a gun. So uh-huh. Like I don't think he has killed anybody, but I'm, he is he is basically a gun in those movies. The, the, the only thing I can figure is that Hawkman is only talking about himself. I mean, Hawkman is also a dude who carries around a giant axe and a mace. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like Undriar and the All Weapon. Mm-hmm. That's another thing where it's like it's just a line to set up another line. Yeah, but like what? The heroes in these movies, and and this applies to the Marvel movies too. Like the heroes in superhero movies kill people. What heroes is he talking about? Spider Man. I guess. Spider Man's the only movie hero who doesn't kill people. He should have shown up and been like, Black Adam, you need to stand down. Flash and Cyborg don't kill people. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris, I have a theory about this movie. And you kind of, you kind of hinted at it earlier. This is my final thought. You said this is a Frankenstein of other, the good parts of other superhero movies. Yes, but reanimated into a cruel mockery of of anything good. It is specifically an amalgamation of the first set of MCU Marvel movies. Because which superhero gets revived from a tomb that they were, ex- you know, that they were put in, and then they get revived many many years later. And they have to get used to a world that they don't recognize anymore. I mean, that's Captain America. Yeah. We kind of skip over him getting used to it, though. He's pretty up on things by the time we rejoin. He's got a little book. Which Marvel hero is a god who, command, who commands lightning? Mm, uh, that's, uh, that, would be, uh, that would be the Mighty Thor. Yeah. Which Marvel hero 
declares his name at the end of the movie, and then a title come up, card comes up and says his name. Uh, that would be uh, Tony Stark, the Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. They just stole stuff from those movies and thought it would make this good. I mean, yeah. But I mean, like, I don't even think that's the problem. This had the Iron Man ending, Chris. It did. It definitely did. But, well, okay, you don't think that's the problem. What's the problem? I mean, like, I don't think it's the problem because, like, you can steal from things and make a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, like, I, I, they did a bad job of stealing, is my point. They did a terrible job of stealing. There are lots of examples of good theft, right? Of theft turning into something that became good. This is just a bad example of theft. And, but they're not even stealing from other DC stuff. They're stealing from Marvel stuff. Marvel stuff from like 12 years ago. It's like, I know why this movie didn't work. And it's because in order to understand what's happening in this movie, you have to have read a bunch of DC comics. But if you've read a bunch of DC comics, you're not going to like this movie. (laughs) And that's clearly the case because people didn't like this movie. Well, another reason this movie doesn't work is because what, what does Marvel as a company like, they took moments from Marvel movies, and they took ideas from Marvel movies, but Dwayne won't allow himself to be what makes the Marvel heroes interesting and appealing, which is vulnerable. Yeah. You like, can't be vulnerable in any way. Black Adam, you're never worried for Black Adam. Yeah, there's you're never – Watching it again for this, like – having it playing the only time there is any vulnerability in DRT or MJ is like when we see him CGI'd onto a, onto a small body with his still muscular head, which is weird. It's gr- It's so weird. I it's, hate it. It's weird. And I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but like when, you know, we see that flashback of his kid dying and like his family getting killed, but, even that, he doesn't actually seem vulnerable at all. Like, and there's a part in this movie where he's like fighting a guy on like a hover bike because you know inner gang's got hover bikes. Although I guess they're they're they may or may not be a criminal gang with weapons from the fourth world or whatever. But like he's fighting this guy who's on this like hover bike or whatever, and like it smashes him into the ground and is like plowing him into the ground. And it's just like this shot of Dwayne's big bald head frowning and looking bored as this thing just like grinds his face against the ground. Cause it's meaningless. And I was, uh, and it's like, but that's him the whole movie. Like I get that. That's, I get that the idea is that you're telling a story about a character who has made himself invulnerable because he felt something so deeply that he never wanted to be hurt again and has the power to do that. 
Except for you forgot the part to show the hurt. And you and, forgot and, about how he should maybe be vulnerable in the movie at some point. And then the conclusion of the movie is that he was right to do that. Yeah. Because it turns out that they need him in the end. Fuck this movie, man. <laughs> and everybody's really excited to have to have just people murdered in the streets. Hawkman has to be like, I'm wrong. Due process is stupid. Yeah. Thank you. And, like, and, like, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, folks. Before you say anything, it's not based on anything real. It's not, and you, and you can't, you can't be like, oh well, the people of Kandak would would probably think this way because they're not real and they don't get any backstory. <laughs> like, there's like, it's there's nothing, there's nothing here for it to be based on. There's nothing. All right, everybody, that's it. We're done talking about Black Adam. If you would like to suggest a movie for movie fighters or get in touch with us in. Any other way for any other reason, you can email us at moviefighterscast at gmail.com. If you want to support this show, make sure we keep doing it every other month. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ajax is where you can go donate to help make sure that we keep doing Movie Fighters and Snack Situation. If you want to find me and my stuff, I'm at mattdwilson.net. It's where you can find links to my books, my comics, my other podcasts, and my social medias. The placeholder link for my new Zoop Comics crowdfunding project is there. Go sign up for updates so you can back it. Please. Chris, where can people find you and your stuff? Everybody can find myself by going to the-isb.com. That is my website and it has links to everything that I do. We will be back in April with another movie. We will be back in March with a snack situation. We did it, everybody. We watched Black Adam, and we talked about it a lot. It's so sure we hope you're happy. Like, I felt like I had to watch it again, because I honestly did not know what happened in the back half of this movie before we did the show. But, like, I didn't. And I watched it the first time. Black Adam is imprisoned, and then immediately released. <laughs> That's what happens. Keep on fighting, everybody. Everybody.